Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. This is Bola Shokumbi. I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance. The Clever Girls Know podcast is a podcast for women, offering a space for conversations around personal finance, business, life, and living. I'd love for you to subscribe to this podcast, and you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes. And if you love what you listen to, head on over to iTunes and leave a review so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'd also love for you to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. We have new content on the blog multiple times a week. We have over 30 plus free courses. Plus, when you sign up for a course, you can talk to a Clever Girl Finance mentor for free to get encouragement, motivation, or if you just want to have an open, no shame, no judgment girl talk. Finally, check out our YouTube channel. Just search Clever Girl Finance on YouTube. And if you don't already follow us on Instagram, you can find us at Clever Girl Finance. Okay, so let's get into today's episode. Hey, Allison, welcome to the Clever Girl Finance platform. I am so excited to have you here to share your incredible story about how you and your husband paid off over $111,000 of debt on two teachers' salaries over four and a half years. And you went from feeling stressed and overwhelmed about your money to becoming confident to the point where you were able to pay off all that debt. So I cannot wait to share your story with everyone listening and watching. But before we dive in, I would love for you to tell everyone who you are and what you do. Thank you so much, Bola, for having me. Um, my name is Allison Baggerly, and I'm the founder of Inspire Budget. And I aim to help women learn how to write a budget that they can live on um, and to pay off debt. That's awesome. So when it came to you guys looking at this $111,000 of debt, didn't include your mortgage, what was like? What was the thing that made you guys say, okay, let's sit down and create a plan and pay off this debt? What was that enough is enough moment for you guys where you're just ready to get it out of your lives? Mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't until um, we got pregnant. We found out we were pregnant right after our honeymoon. I was 24 years old. My husband was 27 at the time. So I wasn't planning on having kids for quite some time, but it just happened. And we realized when we were sitting down, um, we realized we couldn't afford daycare payments for, for a child. And that was our moment. That was our moment, our line in the sand that said something has to change. And when we looked at our spending, we noticed that our debt payments were astronomical. And honestly, we hadn't really even noticed it before. Because I guess you guys had a lot of just minimum payments that you were making Mm -hmm. without really looking at the big picture. Yes. So our minimum payments were over $1,400 a month. But when you're looking at them just little by little, you, you don't realize how much they add up to. So if you don't mind me asking, what did that debt comprise of? What was it made up of? Was it Mm -hmm. credit cards, student loans, car notes? It was um, mostly student loans and then one car note. So we had no credit cards. My husband actually had paid off his credit cards before we got married. That was just on his own. And that was just not because he wanted to become debt-free, just because he was trying to manage his money a little bit better. And then I have never had uh, carried a credit card balance. Okay. 
So you guys were working with your two teacher salaries mm. and despite both of you being employed, paying for daycare was not going to be an option for your first baby, right? So mm. you decided, okay, it's time to pay off this debt. So where did you start? What were some of the things that you did um, to create your plan and then to begin paying off that debt? And you did this in four and a half years. So I'd love to know like that timeline and what your process was like going through that on your teacher salaries. And you said today, now you no longer work. You have two beautiful kids. So I'd love to learn more about, you know, just your process with getting started and going through, um, getting out of that debt. Absolutely. So where we started was we knew that going in, going with, we knew that when we started paying off debt, we didn't want to go into further debt. And with childcare costs coming up and hospital bills, we started by just saving money. So we basically learned how to live on a budget, which was really hard. It took us a couple of months. It took a lot of mess ups to figure (laughs) out how to write a budget that was realistic for us because the very first budget we wrote was beautiful, but it was incredibly unrealistic. It was perfect, right? It was the perfect budget. (laughs) It was perfect. We were going to save so much money and then life happens. We're human. You know, we're not perfect. The budget might be, but we aren't. And so we learned to live on a budget and start setting aside money and being more intentional with our spending, which we were not ever intentional before. We just spent until we got to zero and hoped that we had enough enough days left, you know, enough money left to last us until we got paid again. And so we became intentional. We saved up money. And whenever my son came and all the hospitals came in the mail, we had enough money to pay off his hospital bills in cash, which was wonderful. And from there, we started our debt snowball. A lot of our debts were around the same interest rates. We didn't have any crazy high interest rates. So we did the debt snowball method and worked through some smaller student loans, my car, and then my husband had a huge $40,000 student loan that he had consolidated that we tackled at the very end. Wow, that's great. And, you know, listening to you talk about this, it sounds easy, but obviously it was not. No, (laughs) You had to go through uh, the journey of, and the emotions and the experience of paying off this debt. I know one of the things that you talked about earlier um, when you and I had communicated was that you felt stressed and overwhelmed Mm -hmm. about the amount of debt that you had. And then you eventually over time built confidence to the point where you were able to pay it off. So how did you manage that stress, that overwhelm, that nervousness about your massive debts? And how do you just, how did you maintain your motivation slash inspiration to Mm -hmm. keep going until you were able to get to the other side of that debt? Yeah, it wasn't always easy. Like, I don't want to paint this picture that it was super simple and we only had ups and we made it there. It was not easy. It was a roller coaster. One thing that helped me was that when we first started, you know, we're two teachers. I had this mindset about teachers that we're just two teachers. We don't make a lot of money. You know, we serve others. And so having debt is just our cross to bear. We will never be able to get out of debt. That will just be our weight. You know, that is what what we will have forever for the price of being teachers because we chose to do that. And whenever I thought about teaching like that and I thought about my income like that, I became angry and I was mad. And I thought, no, why is it that I had somewhere in my mind, I came up with this mindset that being teachers means serving others, which means no high income. 
I associated that together. And after a while, I thought, no, just because we don't make a lot of money doesn't mean that we can't be out of debt. It doesn't mean that we can't change the way we live. And so I started to really question my thoughts. And when a thought would pop into my head, I had to learn, and this happened over years of therapy as well, so I'm not perfect at it, but I had to learn to ask myself, is this thought a lie? Or is it true? And my husband really helped me because I'm an emotional person. You know, I'm an emotional spender. And he is definitely more realistic. And he would say, is that thought true? Is that thought a lie? And I had to ask myself, is this thought a lie? The fact that we will never be able to get out of debt, I would think that. And I know so many other people do. And the answer is, no, that's not true. That thought is a lie. And so where is that thought coming from? Well, it's coming from my feelings of being stressed and overwhelmed. And those feelings are causing those thoughts. And so if I can sit in my uncomfortable feelings, then I can turn my thought around. And so I sat in those uncomfortable feelings of being stressed, being overwhelmed and saying, instead of turning to, this is never going to work. This is never going to happen. I said, what can I do to take one step closer? One, do one thing today. So that way I'm a little bit less stressed. That is so amazing. And I love that you brought up how you felt navigating those emotions, sitting in those uncomfortable feelings. Uh, we talk about this on the Clever Finance all the time, that your mindset is the biggest thing. Yes. The way you think about what you can accomplish is the biggest thing when it comes to achieving your goals. Yes, mm -hmm. the skills are necessary, the discipline, the planning, but you have to believe that you can do this thing. And I also love that you mentioned seeking therapy. Um, a few yes. episodes ago, I had a financial therapist on to talk about financial anxiety. And if you're listening or watching this, you can just go back into the Clever of Finance mm -hmm. podcast list and find that episode uh, with Lindsay Brian Podbin. But a lot of people navigate this. I mm -hmm. have dealt with imposter syndrome and I talk to women all the time who are working towards paying off debt. And it's, you know, it's the, who are you to pay off debt? Right. Why do you think you can do this? No one in your family has done this. All mm -hmm. your friends are in debt. And it's not just the debt side, it's getting to the other side. So becoming mm -hmm. debt-free. And it's like, just because you paid off that debt doesn't mean that you're going to save money. Doesn't mean that you can be mm -hmm. wealthy. Doesn't mean that you will never go back into debt. And so I feel like, I believe that you constantly have to work on your mindsets and keeping yourself in tune with what you truly yes. know you can achieve and tying that to your why, why you want to be mm -hmm. successful. Because there is that voice in the back of your head <laughs> when you start doing something great, when you mm -hmm. start making progress that will just be the damper on all your progress mm -hmm. and make you feel like crap. And it's something that we constantly have to counter. I completely agree. 100%. It all comes back to your mindset and it comes back to your mindset and then telling yourself that you have what it takes to put the actions into place. Because so many times there were times whenever I was like, no, we can't do this. So therefore I wouldn't take action. But if whenever I said, okay, no, those are just my thoughts that are lying to me. I can do this. It gave me the courage and the strength to take action. And you didn't let your income you know, your limited income mm -hmm. make you feel inadequate to the point where yes. you didn't feel like you could do this. And a lot of people tell themselves, I don't make enough money to pay mm -hmm. off my debt. But how about you focus on what can I do now? What's the step that I can take now before you allow your limited income to overwhelm you? And like you said, cause you not to take any 
action whatsoever, right? I see it all the time. We recently put a post up on Instagram about, you know, your spending habits is what makes you rich, not how much you earn. And the context of that is some people earn six figures, even seven figures, and they have no savings. And there's people who earn, you know, such a low amount of money and they save what they can when they can. And they're able to build up substantial wealth over time. And somebody commented, well, you know, you have to have rich parents or you have to have privilege in your life to think that you can save money on a small income. And to me personally, I think that's a mindset thing. You start where Mm -hmm. you are, you set the intention. And when you set the intention, the opportunities will start to come into play. They may be really small ones. They may be medium-sized ones. But if you take advantage of them, if you allow yourself to see them, right? Because if you've blocked your mind off to it, off to it, you're, you don't allow yourself to see the opportunity. Yes. But if you if you're open and you're like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure this out. You see those opportunities and you can take advantage of them. And it's like those opportunities just come to you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they come like, to okay, you. Okay, this open. person is you're ready. Open to them. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> So Allison, you guys are now in the space where you've paid off your debt, except for your mortgage, $111,000. Yes. Um, you now have two kids. You now run your own business. Yes. Um, what are some of your big goals when it comes to your finances? And second question is, what are you doing to ensure that you never go back to that place again where you guys are struggling with debt and unable to pay for daycare? Mm -hmm. So one of my big goals is for us to pay off our house and then to save as much money as we possibly can into retirement. So I want to be getting into investing more, learning about investing more. And I to do that by reading your new book. So I have read it cover to cover. I was showing you earlier. I've highlighted in it. So I really want to learn more because, you know, when I was surrounding myself with teachers, it was almost like teachers gave themselves the permission. Well, actually, I shouldn't say this for all teachers because that's not right of me to say that. But the people I was surrounding myself with, they so often said, well, my husband deals with the retirement. My husband deals with this. He deals with the finances. And I'm like, no, we need to have our our hand in it too. We need to have a part in it too and make decisions and educate ourselves. And just because you're a teacher doesn't mean you can't understand investing. Um, And so that's something that's huge. You can understand investing. You are a teacher. Yes, exactly. It's a superpower. (laughs) Yes, we could understand it and then teach it easier to other people. Instead of having these people that talk the way no one really understands, we can regurgitate it into something that people understand. So that's one of our biggest goals. And then one of the things that we do to help make sure that we don't go back, because so many people do, they they reach their goal and then they go back into debt or they they lose sight or they lose track, they lose control of their money again, is that we have weekly family business meetings where my husband and I sit down and talk together because I can't do this on my own and he can't do it on his own, especially when we're in this marriage together. We are a team. And sometimes I start straying into my spending habits and he helps pull me back in and focus on our big picture, our big goals. So we do have weekly family business meetings, I call them. And then we also do like yearly meetings where we talk about our goals and we allow ourselves permission to dream unapologetically. I love that. And, you know, relationships and money can be challenging. Um, It's not everybody that finds it easy to talk about money with their partner, especially when it comes to 
how you were raised, Mm -hmm. your different relationships with money. And a lot of women find it difficult to just have that conversation and get on the same page. But I would definitely like to encourage anyone who's listening to really find a way to identify what is your partner's love language when it comes to money? Because Mm -hmm. when you guys can get on the same page about your finances, like you said, you give each other permission to dream, you can plan together and two heads are better than one. You guys are a Mm -hmm. team working on these incredible objectives you have for your family. And that can make a huge difference. Um, Obviously there are people who are able to build wealth and pay off debt on their own. Right. So um, I did a podcast interview not too long ago with Shaka, who is a single mom who paid off her debt, setting a legacy for her son. Um, But when you're in a relationship, it can be that much more difficult because there's this other person, there's this Mm -hmm. other mind. And if they're not on the same page as you, then it becomes challenging. So if you are listening and you're experiencing those challenges, try to find different ways to approach it, right? Don't give up too easily right? because maybe they're not receptive, they're the spender, or they're like, you know, they don't want to invest or they're investing too too <laughs> aggressively or <laughs> uh, what's the word? I don't want to say irresponsibly, but you, mm-hmm. you guys know what I'm talking about. Find a way to kind of bring them to the table with you conflict-free so that you can plan together for your future, like you and your husband, Allison have done. And that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. And the thing is when you're married, you tend to know that person better than anyone else. And my husband knows me very well. So he can see when I am straying from our budget goals. He identifies that and he can help say, you know, okay, let's help pull you back in. And I can see the same in him. He is the saver though. So he doesn't stray nearly as easily as I do. I see all the shiny objects. (laughs) So for anyone who's watching this, maybe, or listening to this, maybe another Mm -hmm. teacher, um, you know, a young couple, a mom, a single mom that is dealing with a large amount of debt, dealing with a small income, and wants to get to this space where you are, where you have paid off your debt, you're working on your own business, you're living life on your own terms, you're focused on paying down your mortgage and building a legacy for your kids. um, What words of advice, encouragement, motivation can you share with them? Mm When you have a large amount of debt, it can feel paralyzing. It can make it to where you don't even want to try because the mountain looks so high and you don't even know how to hike up to the top of that mountain. However, what I want to tell you is to break it down into smaller goals, smaller goals that you can achieve, whether that's breaking it down by loan size or just saying, you know what, I'm going to pay off $5,000 after $5,000, I'm going to have a little celebration and I'm going to do something to celebrate this because sometimes looking at it so much and that huge amount can be so overwhelming and that's how I felt. I remember totaling it up and thinking, there's no way. There is no way we can do this. Why even bother trying? And when that moment hits and you say, why even bother trying? Question your thoughts. Say, no, this is not a positive thought. This is a lie. I should bother trying and break it down into smaller, more achievable goals multiple goals. So that way you can feel that success and that motivation along the way. I love it. I should bother trying. Yes. Um, That is not even just for debt, for savings, for your business, for your life, for your career, for your relationship, right? We live in a world where it's okay to give up easily. Mm -hmm. It's okay to 
not put in the effort, it's okay. There's always going to be someone to console you. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it comes back to you. And what do you truly want? And if you want it bad enough, you should not give up easily. I love what you just said. You should bother trying. Yes, bother trying. (laughs) (laughs) So Allison, before I let you go, I have to ask you, what is your Clever Girl superpower? So my Clever Girl superpower, and I've been thinking about this, is I think (laughs) that it is questioning my thoughts. Because for so long, I used to believe about money or just any thought that comes into my mind, I used to immediately believe that it was true. And now when a thought comes into my mind, and it's harder for some thoughts, I'm able to ask myself, is this true? Do I know it's true? And if it's not true, how can I turn the thought around? So that allows me to look at things um, on a less emotional and less impulsive viewpoint of things and not take action right away and be able to create a plan for things that might be, you know, roadblocks or speed bumps for me and find a different way around to reach my goal. That is so great. And, you know, just to, that superpower for me um, that you have is something that I think is so important. And Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we shouldn't just do for ourselves, but we should do for our children as well. Yes. And, you know, kids are very vocal. They will tell you, I can't do this. I don't know how to do that. But I always try to challenge my kids and I tell them, who are you not to do that? Mm-hmm. What makes it so hard for you not to try to do that? Why can't you, you know, make the effort? I try to encourage them. And so as you're challenging your own thoughts, challenge the thoughts of the people around you, especially your kids, so that they grow up, um, with that self-challenge. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, that's so important. I love that. Questioning your thoughts. That's such an amazing superpower. Well, thank you. <laughs> so thank you so much, Allison, for being here. You have to t- tell everyone how to find you, how to keep up with you, etc. So you can head to my website, inspirebudget.com. I have free printables, free trainings, or you can follow me on Instagram at inspirebudget. And if you're listening to a podcast, I actually have a podcast with a wonderful co-host, Chris Browning. It's called This Is Awkward. And it is where we talk about, discuss, and give advice about awkward money situations you might find yourself in. I have to check that out. (laughs) It's, It's really good. Well, we'll be sure to put all that great information in the show notes so people can find your website, get those free resources, and also check out your podcast. Yes. Thank Thank you so much, Bola. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, Allison. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and I hope you enjoyed it. If you've loved the episode, but you don't yet subscribe to the podcast, you can do that everywhere you listen to your podcast episodes and head on over to iTunes and leave a review so other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. Thank you so much for being here and I'll talk to you on the next episode.